Welcome to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, creative minds, and contributors in and around technology, STEM education, and STEM-related career fields of the future. Visit our website at www.technologyexpresso.com.net and .org. There you will find our broadcasts with guests from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso fast, hot, and intense. Jacqueline Sanders Blackson of Technology Expresso, and I'm bringing you a live tip, a STEM information podcast. And you may hear a lot of background noise, and I just want to let you know that's intentional. It's not an accident, because what we have a live event actually going on here at the DeKalb Recreational Center. One of the things uh, that this is the Atlanta Science Fest. So all weekend long in various parts of the city, there are science events going on. The one here in DeKalb is sponsored by Biolog, um, and that's Gladys Bolding. This is her third year in Technology Expresso. We always come out and support her. She takes over the whole DeKalb Recreational Center, and in the various parts of the center, she has activities. We just had... Uh, a demonstration by Noreen, the science queen. She's always a uh, big hit at this event, and she brings uh, her different props, and often they're just everyday items. But she uses them and gives audience participation to show them how science affects them in everyday. And, and to the kids, it's almost like a magic show. They don't even realize that they're learning. So that's part of what you hear is all of that energy and excitement. So who said that STEM events have to be boring in any shape or form? Um, these STEM events can be a lot of fun. And, and there's the kids. They eat it up. Well, I'm going to walk around a bit and see through what I'm seeing here at the DeKalb uh, Center here. One of the things is I, I'm, I'm going to say that we've probably have had over 200 kids coming in and out throughout the day. She kicked this off at 8 a.m. and has gone nonstop. And it started out with several items, including, so this morning, it first started off with anatomy and physiology. Then that was followed by robotics and also in a room going on simultaneously with web design. That was starting 8.30 this morning to around about 10 or 10.30. Then that was followed by the forensic uh, botany. And that was about an hour's worth of understanding about forensics. Then they slipped Noreen in. Noreen came in and she did her demonstration uh, in the auditorium, and the, the kids loved that. And it was great seeing Noreen again. Again, Noreen, the science queen. And Noreen does birthday parties. She'll come out to schools and 
has various forms of demonstration, and I'm also excited. She's come out with a new book called Nerdy Jobs. So how fun is that, um, Nerdy Jobs? And, and she just shows that what people think are boring jobs are actually a lot of fun. Uh, and so that's in her new book, and it's, it's for kids and preteens to expose them. Now, at 11.30 to about 12.30, we, got, we have going on in three different rooms, microscopy. So that's going on right now. So the, the kids have on their white lab coats and their gloves, and they're looking in those microscopes and learning some of the technical language. They're not dumbing this down for kids. And it's starting, that, that activity starts for age five and up. Then in another group, they're doing genetics five and up, starting to talk about genetics. And they're, they're sitting there and they're stringing together what looks like bees, but what they're doing is showing them how, the, how genetics and, and chromosomes all work together to make them who they are. So as they put each bead on, they talk through how that bead and its placement determines hair color and eye color and, and sex and that type of thing. Um, and then we have upstairs. Now, there's this is a whole community center, uh, and I promise you, every room, every corner is alive with activity. Upstairs, we've got the girls' science fair. So young ladies get to present topics that are of interest to them, um, and some say might be a little apprehensive or shy going, you know, in front of, let's be honest, the opposite sex. So they have their own STEM science fair and they get to bring the, the topics that are of interest to them. And we're going to take a, a walk up there, and I'm going to uh, talk to some of the young ladies that are in the science fair today. Now, at 1245, we've got food science uh, to talk about the science behind the foods that we eat and how it affects your body. And we also have 3D printing design. And a little later, you know, this it's a, it's a full day, a little later, They'll be back with some forensic botany and then drones as well, building as well as flying them. Then embryology, that, that's intense, isn't it? Um, and then bridge design. So um, at every corner, what they did was they broke it up into kind of the science. They have the technology slash science, and that's where the robotics and the drones come in. Then they have the software and front end, and that's where the web design and 3D design. So, um, you know, it's a great opportunity. And I have to say, this is free and open to the public. Um, and so I, I have to kudos for Gladys for pulling this all together and to do this with very little or, you know, you know funding. Um, but just imagine how quickly and how big this can get if we were able to open it up and, and have more sponsors. So I've just stepped into uh, the microscope room, um, and I just want to describe those who aren't able to attend so that you make sure to mark your calendars for this time next year. First of all, it's a citywide event that we have, the Atlanta Science Fest. So a lot of people, they're leaving here afterwards, and they're going to uh, the Centennial Olympic Park, and there there's some more demonstrations and uh, activities 
going on set up. So just kudos to Atlanta and the city of Atlanta for sponsoring this and just making this a a day of science. Um, and then again, kudos to people like Gladys, who's bringing it to the local community. Not everybody can find themselves maybe traveling downtown, um, and this just makes it convenient. And so here in the lab, just a, a few minutes ago, there everyone's taking a break. That's why I guess I'm kind of running here, and it's a little quieter than it was at the beginning of the show. But when I came in here, like I said, the young people, ages five and up, were suited up in their lab coats and had their gloves on. Uh, they even had a, I think that was a cow's heart. They'll have to tell me. It was a heart that they were dissecting and cutting open. I wasn't much for the, the that part of science. Uh, I, I'm a techie. You give me hardware and software, I'm I'm good. But dissecting a heart. But these kids, they, they weren't even squirming. Uh, uh, I, I had a hard time with it, but they didn't. Uh, at another table, they had a group that was taking apart a skeleton and putting it back together and naming the parts as they put it back together. Another one had another uh, um, anatomy model standing up where they took apart their different organs, and they had to put the organs back together in the right order, in the right place, and name each and every one of them. And then others were looking through the microscope and identifying different things. They were um, helping them name the names and learn the vocabulary around. So, and again, I'm talking about five-year-olds all the way in, and there's a group of 12-year-olds that are rotating through the different stations. They're starting them young, and it's, it's, it's very natural for them. It's easy. They're picking this up very quickly. So sometimes we think it's too soon. Uh, but it's not. And I'm also excited that my niece and two great nephews are here. And they're right now, I'm, I'm walking across the hall. They are in, looking in, they are looking at 3D printing. They were just watching a, a, a video. So I'm kind of just bopping in and out some of the uh, various rooms, and uh, but they're watching videos because you want to understand just how 3D printing works and that there's programming that's done in order to create these 3D models. And so the people who understand how to program these models, there's a, a great opportunity right there. There's a career opportunity for them. Now, while that's going on, uh, oh, let me walk to the other end of the hallway. There's at any point in time anywhere from three to four sessions going on simultaneously. So you can imagine it's a lot to coordinate, um, and um, Gladys does it, and she, she does it with love. This is um, a passion of hers. And I encourage you, we interviewed her probably about a month ago when she was doing some of the uh, final loose ends of the uh, planning process. And um, and so you can go to our archive and listen to that interview with her as she talks about, you know, one of the things I do remember from the interview, how excited she was and how quickly it sold out. And, and literally she didn't have to advertise this year because she simply posted on the Eventbrite 
and people just started signing up. Before she knew it, the classes had filled up. And that was, she was so excited about that. And we were so happy for her. Um, this clearly, there's a demand for it. It's a need. People are curious. Now, we, the other thing I want to share is that we at Technology Expresso, we support, we come out, we take the pictures, we even interview, and like I'm doing now, we, we broadcast. But one of the things that I've also had a great opportunity to do is to talk with some of the parents and um, hear some very unique stories. One of the gentlemen that spoke with me lives in a rural area of Alabama. And in his particular case, he talked about how there really isn't a lot of resource, not a lot of encouragement, and even the family sometimes doesn't know how to support young people. And um, his particular situation, he has a niece that had over a 4.0 in science, uh, just almost a prodigy when it came to science. But it was actually her family who all live and have family property. He named five generations, literally. They're living on the same plot of land. And what her family encouraged her to do, instead of taking some of the scholarships that were being offered to her, they actually encouraged her to just stay locally. And what she's doing today is working at a local factory and living um, on the, the, the family land. When there were several opportunities, especially from a perspective going off to uh, college, and so we had a just very brief conversation about helping people that are in various areas of the community and in rural communities that don't have the resources like we have here in Atlanta. The thing that was very enlightening and also very encouraging is that he has brought his nephews, well, I should say his, his great, great nephews even, have brought them to today's event here in Atlanta. So sometimes it is worth traveling, it's worth getting out of your local area in order to get them exposure. But it wasn't too long later when I was talking to another parent. And ironically, the story was, and what was similar about that story, again, living in a rural area, not a lot of resources, um, and what they do have, they do have money in their community to buy the equipment, and they actually, actually named several high-end pieces of equipment that the school system had. But she said they had no teachers whatsoever who knew how to use it, knew how to apply for the class, and in some cases weren't even interested in learning because it was way out of their comfort zone. And then she said, furthermore, another uh, issue or concern that they were having was trying to get companies to come out and talk to their young people. So again, these are two situations where we talk about rural areas and young people who may be very talented, um, may have all the intellectual capital, but where they're located, they're not going to have even a 
third of the opportunities like we might have somewhere like Atlanta. So what do you do in those situations? And so I really encourage them to reach out to several different organizations. You all know, you know, my, my our top five kind of, you know, we always talk about BDPA. We always talk about NSBE. We always talk about um, Tech Latinos. We talk about uh, Blacks in Technology. There are a lot of great minority organizations. Oh, I'm sorry. Number five is NSBE. Those are our big top five that are very active. What these organizations, some of them already have, and some of them I know have an interest in creating virtual chapters and using actually technology and computers to connect and talk with people and to get them exposure. So if there is a monthly meeting that takes place in Atlanta, letting someone virtually connect to that monthly meeting, have that exposure and interaction. We at BDP at our national conference have had remote chapters being a part of our high school computer competition, even as far as uh, in our mobile app contest, having people dial in from South Africa. So what we need to do is go unconventional. We need not to let these be roadblocks where you're located. And if you're in a, a rural area, we need not let that be the thing that stops us. On the other hand, what we need to do is now see that we're all connected. Nobody's rural anymore because you do have access. They mentioned to her uh, about YouTube. Now, it's, it's very interesting because when we started having a conversation about YouTube, she said, oh, yes, yes, we know about YouTube, but the kids, they um, find the bad websites. And that's absolutely true. It's all going to take monitoring, and, and that's one of the things with the world changing so quickly. As quickly as you find opportunity and solutions, then you have to change your rules to accommodate them. So the rules around how they access it, there's got to be that supervision and strict supervision because they're quick at finding the, the back doors and the, run, the workaround. So we, we kind of had a laugh about that as well. Um, as a matter of fact, she, she was speaking to me and saying how her son's aspiration is to be a hacker. He thinks that's interesting fun. And I said, well, that's great because hacking is a, actually a, a sought-after skill set, especially in security. So they look for the, the people that try to always find a way around in the back door. So embracing these things and understanding them instead of, again, shutting down so quickly because this is going to be the new norm. So this is the type of powerful conversation, and it's similar to last week when I was at the Delta Sigma Theta Steam Fest, where as the kids are off learning, exploring, and getting exposure, it's so important, too, for the parents to be having some of these conversations, too. It, it was so helpful to me being Technology Expresso um, because it, it, I like being in touch and understanding where are the issues and the concerns and why do we not, why aren't we making as much uh, progress and strides as we'd like to be, especially with all the positive efforts like the Biologue and the Atlanta Sci Fest that's going on this weekend. There's, and, and all of these positive things, but we're as much traction as we'd like to. So what could we be doing different? 
So today I did hear from those rural uh, groups that have a different set of challenges that we need to be aware of. And we at Technology, I promise you at Technology Express, though, uh, I'm not going to sleep until I have some type of workaround. I want to do and focus on virtual uh, chapters and e- events and organizations. How can we connect these bright, bright young people that are not um, getting fully exposed and getting those opportunities? You know, it's it's kind of a catch-22. One place you might have all of these uh opportunities and access and the disinterested students and on the other hand you have those who would engage if they had the access and the opportunity so somewhere we've got to flip the script and find uh, solutions on on both ends so that is what uh, today's event has been about it's been a a you know like I said it takes effort to put this type of a event together um, and parents and, and communities need to come out and support these community organizers um, and us continue to find ways to make them better. What we want to do here at Technology Expresso is just letting people know that these things are happening. There's, it's so easy to find the negative news. Um, they, they like to highlight that. Um, they flock to that. But who's covering these types of, of events. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I haven't seen any news crews here, and um, but I will promise you I'll be sharing these stories with uh, our partners and, and friends in the media and with great magazines like Diversity uh, in STEM and um, Diversity in Action, uh, because both of these, whenever we share with them a story, they're always willing to, to cover it and to support it. Um, I did uh, promise you that uh, I would come up to the Girl Science Fair because I wanted to look at some of the topics that they were covering. Um, They are sequestered right now while the judging is going on. So I can't talk to them right now, but what I can do is I I can cover and talk a little bit about some of the displays. There's one on how does color affect a person's preferences. I thought that was really interesting. Some blueberries, the blue tortillas, the blue carrots. This is how does and it's written up on the board. She has her hypothesis and then her background research, and then she shows the uh, outliers. She did a survey and she shows the the people that she surveyed and what their preferences were. And then from there, she did her experiment and documented her results and her conclusions. So that was that was one. The next one is. Can gender roles and stereotypes cause depression symptoms in teenagers? Now, how about that? Can gender roles and stereotypes cause depression symptoms in teenagers? So she talks about what her her purpose of this is, and she talks about, I am doing this experiment to shine some light on gender roles and how they could possibly negatively affect teenagers. A lot of teenagers in today's society feel as though they have to live up to the expectations that are forced upon them based on their gender. As a result, it affects how they view themselves and also how they view others. By doing this experiment, I will be able to see if gender roles are damaging to young adults like myself, and I will be able to enlighten society on the issue. Love that. 
kudos. She wrote up her problem statement, her hypothesis. In her research, she laid out all her data. Uh, this is by Amaya Howard Carswell. And then she writes out her materials, her procedure, and then her variables, and ultimately her conclusion. So you'll have to stay tuned because I, I, I'm going to do my best to interview Amaya, and we're going to find out what the conclusion was. Now, the next one is, can you change the rate of chemical reaction by changing the particle size of the reactant? Now, how about that? Okay. Um, these are young ladies, once again, aspiring scientists. Um, hey, that's intense to me. She talked about her hypothesis, her background information. She said, my hypothesis is that the whole tablet will give off the more, more carbon dioxide than the halves and the cores. I also think the powder will come as, clo- as a close second. So she had her materials from her aquarium tubing and safety goggles, a syringe, a cold relief tablet. Um, she said a clear, wide mouth bottle, a drill, a helper, and a lab notebook. She did her procedure. She documented the results, analyzed the data, and documented it. So, again, love the opportunity that these young ladies, uh, that's just a sample that uh, that I wanted to share with you. You can see the broad range there. So kudos to them and looking forward to them announcing who today's winner is. Well, I'm going to get back to uh, moving about and uh, continuing to observe the events uh, as we get into our second and, and our second to the last session for the day. But it's been a great opportunity. I thank you for listening and bearing with some of our the, the noise uh, as I did this episode live. You just never know what you're going to get with a live episode. Um, but thank you for, for listening and staying tuned. I hope you enjoyed some of my narrative and, and some of the perspectives. And what I would say is please seek out and support all of those who are doing positive things in the community uh, above and beyond what the school systems are doing to promote and encourage seniors. We have role models who are giving of their time and energy and their passion, such as Gladys, such as Noreen, um, and even myself and David. This is what we love. And all of those people at BDPA and NSBE, um, go out and support them. And, and I was, uh, again, excited to have my niece join us today. You know, people just stepping out and just trying. You never know until you're there and you're exposed to it what might actually spark an injury. All right? Well, thank you again. Hey, stay in touch, and we'll continue to provide you great information. I'll remind you, we'll be covering Nesby. National Society of Black Engineers Conference live all next week. So there'll be more live coverage. So stay tuned. Thank you, everyone. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Radio. For a full list of our podcast series and upcoming shows, as well as our social media handles, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Here you can always listen live through our live studio. And we want to send a special thanks to our sponsors and thank you to our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, and launch. And as always, thanks for listening to Technology Expresso Radio.